0: So today we are talking onboarding and employer branding. We know onboarding actually, we take time to think about it is absolutely crucial to ensuring you have happy and productive employees. So really need to do as much as you can to make sure that experience is as good as possible, which is why I'm absolutely delighted to have Noel with me today. How you doing Noel? Very good, thanks, Chris. Very good. I'm absolutely excited to be here today as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining. It's, it's great, great to great to see your face again and uh, and, and chat about this. Let's uh, let's get on with it. Let's just have a bit of an intro to to those people. God forbid, and those people who who aren't so familiar <laughs> about yourself and what, what you do. Well,
1: yeah, those who haven't uh, met me or just seen the beard walking around the other ward event and goes, "Who's that idiot?" Um, my name's Noel Thomas. I am the creative director of, of CA3 and, and Eli Onboarding, and um, CA3 is a company I set up with um, a couple of friends uh, nearly 12 years ago now, which makes me feel even older than I am. Um, you know, a lovely, fantastic employer brand agency that helps organizations engage with talent through fabulously compelling communications. But obviously, one of the reasons we're here today, or the main one is, is is to talk about onboarding. In about six years, we developed... Uh, uh, onboarding technology product called Eli, um, and onboarding now seems to uh, seep into nearly every uh, day of my working life, really, and it's something I guess we're all very passionate about. So
0: let's start off with talking about kind of bad onboarding experiences, because uh, I think that can vary. Some people's bad, bad onboarding experience may be actually someone else's good when it comes to the delivery of onboarding. So, and you know, from, from the conversations you've had, and you know the world you're very much in. What is what is that kind of range when it comes to mm. bad onboarding? Well,
1: as you say, I mean, uh, one person's, you know, uh, Battenberg cake is another person's sponge cake, really, isn't it? You know, I, I remember talking to uh, the lovely guys at Leap recently. We, we, you know, we were a holiday in Skegness versus a trip to the Seychelles. You know, you might prefer Skegness for all we know. Um, I think where most organizations are at the moment is most organizations will have some form of compliance in place because they have to in order for someone to start. But I think even that can be done badly. And and I think for me, what is bad on boarding is where nothing is ready. You know, the new hire is never communicated t- too well. Um that there's no consistent process, even if that's only the compliance element we're talking about. Um and there's just no real communication between offer acceptance and day one. I, I think you know the the big thing for us About onboarding is placing the new hire at the heart of your process or experience, no matter what it is, even if it's only compliance. um, And no one likes uh, to to be filling in hundreds and hundreds of forms, not knowing what's going to happen on day one. You know, if someone's going to meet them, uh, where they're meant to go, what time they're meant to uh, you know turn up. So there's some very basic things you know that you should have in place. I would say for any role within your organization. And if you're failing on that, then you're failing that new hire, you know, and you're ultimately not setting them up to success. You're probably setting them up to think about maybe this isn't the right organization for me to join. And, you know, over the last couple of years since the pandemic, we've seen a rise, you know, a massive rise in the number of people reneging on offers before, before day one, certainly in roles where you know, it's paid by the hour and, and they're likely to look elsewhere for, you know, 20p, 30p more. They're not as loyal as they used to be. So if, if, if you're failing them at that first step, then you're missing a trick really, I think. And
0: actually, you know, think about the time and effort that can be put into the employer branding content, the, and, you know, recruitment marketing content and experience there, you know, it's, you don't really want people to feel like it's totally changed Just as soon as that person applies.
1: Absolutely, yeah, because, you know, the, we've worked in the employer branding industry now for years, you and I, Chris, and we know how much time and money organisations invest in creating that fantastic experience, in, in a great candidate experience, full of immersive content and, you know, positive touch points at every step. And I think onboarding still feels to be that point um, where, Many, many companies drop the ball, and, and I think in some ways that's because it's often not owned by a particular department. So you know, it's it's somebody else's problem. I think often, you know, and and the only person or oh, sorry, the only teams that are really needing something done are that the compliance elements, and and that's really never going to win the hearts of minds of a new employee. Is here's here's your wad of forms to sign. Um, we'll see you on day one. It's just it just doesn't cut the mustard anymore. And I think most organisations understand that. But as I say, it's onboarding where they it, it just they just seem to drop the ball. Definitely. Have
0: you seen kind of what's your view on the negative impacts that have come from bad onboarding experiences?
1: So I mean, first and foremost, I mean we've we've just mentioned people reneging on offers before day one. That that's your first bad impact. It's someone just goes, do you know what? This isn't the company for me. And it it almost gets worse if they've had a great experience up to that point. You know, there's that old uh, um, joke about, you know, up until this point, we were pitching to you. Now you're a client. Uh, You know, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's like, basically, we've been selling you a role. We want to get you on board. And now you're getting to find out what we really like in this organization. And if you drop the ball at that first hurdle, at that point when most people are going to be at their most engaged at any point. They want to find out more about the organization. They want to learn more so they can be successful and, and productive over their first few weeks. You know, this person wants to be onboarded well, pre-boarded well, you know, and yet at that first step, then if if you're not, if you're doing a really bad job, then I think they're going to drop out. Especially if they're, you know, a successful person and they're going to have a big counter offer. Um, so beyond that, though, then you've got to look at, I guess, what are the main, the main um, benefits of a great onboarding experience. So you've got, you know, helping someone uh, be embedded into your culture, you know, f- feel like part of the organization for day one. You've got effectively um, giving them knowledge and information they, ne- they need to be more productive in their role. You know, I mean, how many times have you joined an organization in, y- in your past? Chris where even though you're a hugely experienced person over the first few weeks, you, you kind of feel a bit like a novice, you know, you're, oh, yeah. you're not even on where the big... ph- yeah. 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 Sorry, even the, on, yeah.
0: like, photocop- ph- sorry, the photocopier, you know, it's like <laughs> how'd you get into the photocopy? all those little things, isn't it as well, which is, yeah. you know, it can be extremely frustrating.
1: It is. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, you know, you, you, you join a new company, there's all the little housekeeping things, which are always, always stressful and you always feel silly about asking because, you know, everyone's busy you don't want to ask about this or that but then i think there's also um the other things about you need to get under the skin of the company and understand how it does business how it works how you approach certain people how you build relationships internally all those kind of things and again i think all of these things you can start before day one you you can ultimately give people the knowledge information and and the type of uh, experience to, to support all that. You know, and it's it's we're not talking about um, expecting them to spend days and days and days, you know, while they're working out their, their their previous position and wait for yours. But there's lots you can be doing to making that experience much more easy, reducing anxiety, and and helping them plan for what's going to be a massively exciting career with you as an organization.
0: It's very true, you know. It's and I think I think about the kind of things that employers can do in terms of the content that they're creating you know which goes far beyond just the kind of messaging you know saying you know we're, this is a great job and this is a great organization to do that job that given that people there's something I, I like to focus on a lot which is kind of give give future talent who may may be applying or will end up you know joining in x number of days weeks or months time that real feel about about what it's like to work with other people you know, that thing about getting future colleague content, you know, sorted out. And I just, I'm not even talking about thought leadership here because I hate that term because it just suggests that's just for, you know, the top brass and the C-suite to talk about importance of because they are thought leaders, it's opinion. And that thing about opinion is really, really important. And actually if someone can listen to that, they all they get the swagger, they get the vibe of the individuals they end up working with, you know, and I think it's that kind of kind of content. I think it's really important really important so long as it fits in a nice kind of process really um from getting someone to apply and on board
1: absolutely yeah and we're we're big big believers big believers in that yeah you know employee generated content um you know often an organization or or many organizations let's say these days are doing more employee generated content you know that they're pushing more of that out because it is more authentic it's more real and and people buy people as you say you, you can see yourself working with this individual and and one really good tip I would say is if you are producing content like that it's not a big step to add a couple more questions in there which are focused on well actually this content is going to be sent out to uh, you know a new hire who's going through other onboarding to help get a feel for the organization maybe you know one we always suggest is what's your, your best top tip for someone in week one you know it's easy to answer for someone who's recently joined the organization or someone who's been there a while and um it's easy then just to chonk a load of videos together you've got a lovely 3 minute video and then at the end of onboarding you know 3 months later you ask the next cohort of people to send in their top tips and it just starts to give you a cycle of lovely updated content just like you know you would do for any content marketing but it's just focused at you know
0: enhancing that new hires onboarding experience also that Uh 100 percent i think you know it's you're right it doesn't you know it's just about thinking about you know setting out the questions in the right way and actually even treating potential candidates as as those onboarding great mm. you know you know candidates and try to think about because that try to think about why you know why why is onboarding kind of seen as often being seen as the poor cousin you know is it because of? I mean, I spoke to, to uh, Ben and Nick, uh, both ex-IBM now actually, but they were the, they were in the global talent marketing team. And Nick was talking to um, Matt Alder about ROI, and Nick was at the RecFest talking about true ROI. And there's a maybe there's sometimes a thing about this this focus on getting the applications in and processing people through, rather than thinking about not just getting The right candidates in, but those candidates who maybe maybe the measure's wrong. (laughs) Maybe it's actually the measure should be: well, we're going to have candidates that are actually going to stay here for at least X number of you know months or years, depending on the role, or that they they can do this by the time they're this amount of time in an organisation. So rather than just more kind of front end metrics, looking at something a bit deeper and something a bit closer to the bottom line.
1: I think so. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting. We're we're often approached. To work, whether that's onboarding consultancy, whether that's uh, you know new clients are interested in Eli, we're often approached because the client has identified a challenge. You know they've identified that they're you know potentially dropping the ball for the onboarding phase, let's say of, of that that new employee's uh, life cycle. Um, but they often come to us and say, right, we want to create a really engaging experience. But we then have to drill down because a really engaging experience is absolutely what we do but underneath that is the roi it's like what is that experience then delivering for you as, as a business um and and that's really critical because even if the goal of uh, the hrd or, or the talent attraction team or whoever is is effectively running this project is to create the best experience underneath that from a you know a finance perspective from a business results perspective you want to be thinking about, well, actually it's going to improve retention. So, you know, early early retention is going to be, be better. Productivity, as we've already discussed, is going to be better. People are going to hit the ground running better. You know, their teams are therefore going to be more productive, all that kind of stuff. Um, and and you know, other things obviously like positive effects on your on your employer brand, you know, people just waxing lyrical about that fantastic experience that that they've got. And we've got Many, many, many examples of 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 where just small changes, you know, creating a consistently great experience. I mean, you don't need to add on an award-winning technology product. You know, just starting with a creative, creative, consistent experience. You know, which is delivered time in, time out, and you know, with certain steps happening, and suddenly people are being onboarded in a way which, which is delivering proper ROI. And I think that. I tend to believe that there's still this thinking, certainly from uh, many areas of, of bigger organizations, that they think onboarding's a bit fluffy, that it's a bit, a bit of a nice to have. And uh, I, hand on heart, uh, how many ROI sessions we've, ha- we've had with our clients where it's like, wow, you know, cutting, uh, you know, retention, sorry, cutting retention, improving retention by upwards of 20% after 16 months and stuff like that. And, you know, and millions of pounds of savings being calculated and, you know, productivity of of 98% of people saying that they felt more productive in week one and were delivering. But, you know, all these kind of things where we're moving away from fluffy, as I'm concerned, we're we're delivering real business benefits. And I think the more people realize that, I, I, I think the more people will see that a little bit of time spent on pre-boarding and onboarding, making sure you've got that consistently great process, is is you know imperative to a successful business these days. I think,
0: given that you know part of your business is is technology focused, is technology business. You know, it would be easy just to go, well, you know, the technology itself, the software is is the silver bullet. You know, but actually, it, <laughs> there's a whole lot of wider context to make sure great technology itself is then. You know, not only rolled out in the right way, but you know, embedded in the organisation the right way. But actually, yeah, it does actually, actually have an impact. You know, it's always was about trying to solve problems rather than just doing something for the, for, for, for the sake of it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. We'll always say basically is it's technology is the enabler. You know, it's it's effectively that the larger you are as an organisation, the more people you are, are hiring. Obviously, there comes a point when technology is going to enable you to do things better more creatively more immersively you know all that kind of stuff but it's not as you say it's not the golden bullet you don't just plug a system in and everything is solved you know you you ultimately got to embed it into the organization you've got to make sure that people understand how they're using it and a, a big area for us is is line manager ownership so it's you know people who really should be taking ownership of the onboarding experience for their new hires it's about upskilling them it's about ensuring they know what great onboarding is it's about them knowing what they should be doing at what point in that onboarding journey you know before day one and after day one and then you know for many of our clients it's also about just nudging them at the right moment you know because we're all busy people we all forget occasionally to put that catch up in 30 days after someone started so this is where technology becomes the enabler but Getting the process in, defining that process and what, what it is for your organization is something all organizations can can do right now. You know, it's about looking what you have in place now, gathering some data. I mean, that's another big enabler, certainly understanding where you are and then starting to define what that con- new consistent experience is, you know, and how you want to support the new hire over you know, the first 90 days, that kind of thing. And then who's playing the role at what point? And certainly the line manager is a big one. You know, a lot of organizations also use buddies or mentors, um, you know, to to support and obviously take a bit of weight off the line manager, you know, and and it doesn't need to be complicated. We're not talking about 100 steps here. In fact, we'd, we'd err towards under 10 if you can, you know, but it's about key touch points. In that onboarding timeline and those moments, you know, where just I always talk about smile moments, you know, it's that moment where a new hire, you know, it's just going to make them smile to get this. You know, whether that's a phone call from the line, or from before day one, then maybe that's lunch with a buddy or, or mentor or, or, you know, on day one, just little things which make them smile and, and ultimately they're not thinking about, ooh, I haven't made the right decision. They know it you know, and that's what onboarding can do. And, and rather than thinking about worrying about that first month, they're actually already thinking about the next three months or six months or or, or 12 months and where they're going to go with you. I think that's really key.
0: Yeah. And I, yeah, it's something actually, we I like what you say, because it's something that we touch on, but often on the podcast is those thing about those, those kind of small, small things that you can do just to get started and kind of head in the right direction. I think either there's a situation where it's, it's, onboarding isn't seen as being an important thing to focus on or actually it is seen as being really important and therefore too big to kind of scale and to try to try and uh, get control over but those little simple things that can be done that can just like move things in the right direction i think uh, i think is really nice otherwise especially if, if maybe teams are small and you know resources tight and everything that it's just push the dial a little bit to then get to a stage when you can go bigger on things you know
1: i think that you're right i think onboarding often suffers from the fact that that there are multiple different teams involved in the thing when you really look or break it down you know you've certainly would have it at some point involved um you know finance compliance learning and development talent attraction are probably involved a little bit hr especially um, and, and bringing these disparate teams together and, and get them to work towards one vision is, is often where we start, really. But if you get that buy-in from those different teams, if if you get to agree on a vision, and then, as I say, go back to this: w- what is our process then? How does it work? You know, then you initially you're not even going to need that that technology, especially if you're a smaller organisation. But you might need. A checklist of tasks that each individual has, who plays a part, has to do. You might need this journey, which everyone has the map and knows what's going on between, you know, before day one and after day one. Um, and then there might be existing technologies that can support you with that. You know, many companies these days have, you know, electronic forms and and e-signature stuff. That kind of stuff helps streamline those processes. You know, on day one, many organizations now have LMS systems or, or internal intranets, that kind of thing, which can play a part. And, you know, before day one, I've seen organizations, you know, have closed LinkedIn groups and other things like that. So just because you might be a small organization and, and you know, a dedicated experience-led onboarding technology is one step too far at the moment doesn't mean there's a lot of tools. There's a lot, a lot of tools out there to, to support you in delivering that great experience still i think you know it
0: doesn't all have to be digital yeah lovely no yeah absolutely i think when when you're talking about you know often often the onboarding pieces like sits within or is partly owned by lots of different parts of the business let's talk a bit more about kind of any kind of any kind of advice on how to 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 get these people together i mean what what would your advice be? Because, you know, someone's going, you know, I really need to, you know, kind of look at look at the onboarding, uh, how we approach onboarding. Well, I've got, like, probably maybe there's five teams and they've all got, like, five people in those teams. So I've got to get, like, 25-plus, you know, people in, involved in something. And
1: they've all got their own teams and they've probably all got their own objectives as well when it comes to onboarding. And I think that's key. So I think... First place I would start before you even start dragging all these people in is let's find out where you are now. Where where does onboarding sit? So start tracking data, you know, onboarding related data, I would say, Um the kind of MI you should be able to get on your organization just in terms of things we've already discussed, sort of you know, retention, early retention, that kind of thing, maybe drop out before day one, those kind of bits and pieces. But also, I'd look at introducing, um, you know, so either pulse surveys along your onboarding timeline, or just a couple of onboarding surveys that go out maybe on on week one, month one, something like that, and asking specific questions about the experience and the different parts. So if you've got, you know, a question about how was filling in the forms, or this or that, how was, you know, so you can start to measure where your pain points are and where, where you, your challenges are, but also where your successes are, you know, and often there's some big successes that people find about. They have nothing, you know, they don't even know about them until they've started to gather that data. I think once you've got that in place for a few months, then it's much easier to bring, uh, you know, a, 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 a person from each of the different groups who you want to be part of creating this new experience in because you've got the data, you can actually talk to them and say, look, we, I've been doing this research for the last few months. These are where I think the pain points are. And I, I'm looking towards defining a, a new onboarding experience. And I want your support. I want you to help me do it. And I think early buying is so, so, so key. It's like, look, I'm not trying to do it behind your back. You know, I, I, what I want is your support in order to deliver this. And I think IT is always a huge one because whatever you do, you get, it's going to involve IT, uh, you know. But then other areas of business that need to involve and, and, and indeed be involved. And indeed, as you get closer and closer, I always find it also helps to, to define a vision together as well. You know, so like you might do for any other sort of big project you're doing internally, but something that you can all agree on one or two sentences. And that kind of becomes the, the overall objective, you know, and when you're defining your experience. You can start going. Well, does it help us achieve our vision? You know, will this help us achieve it? And and using it almost as a um, a ruler to make sure that everything you're doing is 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 going to achieve that main objective. Um, but yeah, you know, early buy-in, data, 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 all that kind of stuff. And and I think once you've got those people on board and working together um, to deliver excellence, really.
0: I think that's that's really nice because <sighs> You've got something there which is clear direction, you know, and that's what the strategy is isn't it? It's just like a hope hy- hy- and it can be a hypothesis as well that's what strategy is it's like kind of look, this is the direction we want to go in. you know that might might adjust, but at least there's something that people can kind of latch on to and then I like what you say about the data because then what you what you can do is you can you can show to people the positives and go, look actually, you guys are part of this, contributing to this, but then also well. Also, these are the problems that you guys are part of. You know, the solution, of, you know, of make, making this making this better. So, yeah, I think that that, that that's, that's really nice.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you know, at some point, someone's going to turn around and go, "Well, you know, this is you know, this is going to have a price tag." You know, whether it's just resource and people time, whether it's you find you do need new technology to support, and and that's where again the data is going to help because if you can point and say, "Well, actually," You know, 35% of our new hires are leaving within six months, something like that. You're like, suddenly you're like, what? It's pretty easy to calculate how much that's costing the business. And then suddenly it's a different conversation. It's like, well, this becomes business imperative. You know, we need to reduce attrition over the first three, six months of, of employment. And a fantastic onboarding experience is going to achieve that. And you know your pain points as well. You know why people are going to be dropping out. You you know, you've got your exit interviews and it's telling you what the reasons are. All of this kind of data comes together. And then when you're having to put a business case together, you know, as we all do these days for for anything that's, you know, got a sizable investment, then you've got all the information there that's going to hopefully float
0: the boat of the uh, FCO, basically, yeah, CFO. Mm. CFO. And there's that kind of, there's that, psychological cost as well isn't there <laughs> because yeah, you know, go back to the thing about about pressure to hire but in a certain period of time time to hire time to hire because there are managers who need places filled you know yes there's the initial thing of great we've we found we've found somebody but the impact on on esteem and impact on morale especially for the hiring managers and the leaders they they gotta go back to the drawing board is like massive. Now that's less less easy to, to show in terms of cost, but but that's no less I think no, no less important to consider is the motivation of the people around you and that, that can easily trickle into a lot more negativity, can't it, if, if the onboarding isn't right.
1: I think ultimately it, it is harder to calculate the overall cost of, you know, right, we've got to go back, you've got to reattract, you've got to reassess. You've got to retrain. You've got this person, and you've got to get them up to speed. While they're not there, the rest of the team is less productive. You know, when they're coming back on for the second time, the line managers can't produce much. It's all—all all these different things that that come into it. But I guess we've 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 focused a lot on a, a lot of almost like the negatives or, or the what is a bad onboarding. But you know, obviously, the fun bit for me, certainly being creative director here, is actually creating this fantastic experience as well. So. It, it's this shouldn't really be for me, but it shouldn't. Though the 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 business benefits can be about you know reducing illiteracy and all this kind of stuff. It's actually that creating that that highly engaging and an immersive experience. I think where where I get really excited. You know, it's about you know helping an organization get hundreds and hundreds of of messages back about the great experience that they've 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 had. You know, individuals have had. Feedback, you know, from from HRDs and and even you know NDS and and CEOs saying, "Wow, you know, the experience we, we have put together here is delivering fantastically engaged, more productive people." And and that's why we can have a lot of fun. And that's obviously, you know, where all this great content, all these great social integration, and and
0: helping people get to so all that kind of stuff is where it gets really exciting for me. I think I can I'll kind of vouch for that in terms of you know, when I look at awards you guys have won and you know the feedback that people have given off the, you know by looking at those awards and you know it's really nice to see the positivity that you know come comes through and like really is like really really helping a lot of people um not only enjoy their job more but have a you know a a business that knows more about its employees and and has employees that are more you know brought into the overall purpose of the organization the values etc and Ultimately, from a commercial perspective, that all means that they're going to be delivering on the on the bottom line more. But I'll stop guessing on about that. But is to, <laughs> to spend spend a bit of time just talking about Eli. Then we've not really spoken much about that so far.
1: Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we've been lucky enough to pick up a few, more than a few awards for, for Eli um, over the last few years. Uh, you know, I think most notably, we've picked up uh, two Rad awards over the last two years back-to-back, and also uh, two Tiara um, Awards for Best Onboarding Solution uh, as well. So, uh, and, and an RMA and an and in-house recruitment award, and, and I won't go on. Um, I think what's really good for us is ultimately, you know, beyond the te- awards for technology, the, the, the RADs and the in-house recruitment awards and, and the RMAs, we, we're winning those for for pre-engagement and internal comms. And, and it's about the experience we're delivering, you know, right back to what we said a moment ago, technology is the enabler, but that's not the whole experience, you know, and and, and what we pride ourselves on really is getting in with a client, understanding their objectives, and then we sit down together and we help them define the perfect experience, their organization. And that's where, you know, our knowledge and experience as a team uh, uh, really, really, really works, you know, because we understand how our system works and what it can do. And then we're, we're ensuring that it's delivering against those clients' objectives. You know, and engagement is obviously one of them, it's, it's, it's driving that fantastic engagement between the new hire and, and the new organization. And that's what Eli, Eli's good at. You know, it, it, it uses a user's profile to create a, a fully personalized website. Around that new hire, so they log on. You know, it's talked to by name. It's filled with content which is, you know, related to their role, their location, the you know the department they're working in. Um, it's connecting with them, them with the right people within their organization. It's giving them the learning materials they need to be productive in their role early on. You know, and ultimately, it's supporting their line manager as well, so that that they know what good looks like, what they're Role in that experiences as well. So, as I say, Eli's enabling all this, but the exciting bits for me is when we 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 get to put together all this really engaging content. It's it's the you know employee generated videos that that we're getting in and updating. It's the social wall that Eli has, which has got people chatting and coming together and really doing our work for us. You know, a, a place where they're engaging. And when you roll all this into one, and 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 you start to see the MI, you know, Eli's MI dashboard and how engaged people are and how often they're on the system. You can truly see it working in real time, you know, so professional hires, m- many of our clients are, are pushing upwards of 13, 14 times. People are coming back um, to, you know, the onboarding portal. They're on there for nearly 10 minutes each time. You know, I'd like to see a careers website that has got this kind of engagement. I, You know, I'd be, a little bit shocked about it and then if you look at emerging talent so graduates interns apprentices that kind of stuff we're seeing clients have like them coming back over 100 times before day one you know that they're on it They're they're being part of a community They're they're learning you know how the organization works but we're also building that sense of belonging we're building connections which which are going to help them you know launch their career and and set them up to success really, and, and that's really really rewarding.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. I think, and you know, if anyone wants to find out more about um, Eli, then we'll drop a link in, and take a look. And um, Noel, you're you're definitely on LinkedIn as Noel Thomas.
1: I right, last time I checked, yes, I am. Please do, uh, yeah, please do connect if you'd like to have a chat about onboarding or anything else really. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks a lot. Good chat. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. Yeah.
1: Awesome. love to be part Chris. Yeah. Take care.